This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Peter Harrod here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. I hope you can check us out. Or actually, just me now. I hope you can check me out. Come check me out. Yeah. Chicken, chicken a crow, chicken a crow. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to lock on to your favorite college and NFL prospects powered by the brand that you come to know and trust, Destination Debbie. Welcome to the Elite Seekers Fantasy Football Podcast. Now introducing our host, the creator of the Elite Seekers Podcast. He goes by the name of Ben Eby. You can find him on Twitter at Mr. Underscore EBY. Get ready to take flight. We locked on, ladies and gentlemen. Smash that subscribe button. Let's get them trophies brought back to the hotel. Here we go. Elite Seekers, what's going on? Episode 10. Yes, double digits on the episodes already. We've been rocking with you since the end of November. It's hard to believe it is already February of 2021. I am your host, as always, Ben Eby. You can find me at Mr. Underscore EBY. And I appreciate you guys rocking with me so far. Uh, it's been such a blessing being a part of the Destination Debbie team with Ray and just continue to bring you guys content weekly. As you know, we continue to focus on those 2023 and 2024 draft eligible prospects. That's our bread and butter here. As we try to find the next elite talent that needs to be on your roster now rather than later. Because that's how you know you're going to be able to bring those trophies back to the home team. So this week, we're going to take a break from our elite region series that we've been bringing you. We've already talked about California with the California Love episode. We've already dove into the Pacific Northwest, where we search for those potential elite prospects out of Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. But this week, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about my style. I wanted to tell you a little bit about why I pick the guys I pick and what my process looks like. I think that's important to know as you continue to listen, you continue to either agree with me or disagree. It's, it's different for everybody. And that's what's cool about this thing. There's a lot of different ways to get there, but we like to keep it simple. And my background is a lot different than Ray's and everybody else that's out there. So it's going to be a blast to let you guys know how it works for me and uh, you know see what you guys think with it. But before we get into that, I wanted to touch on a couple prospects that just signed this Wednesday as we had the beginning of the late signing period for college football. Jumping over to the state of Texas first, we finally got to find out where LJ Johnson is going. And he did end up signing with Texas A&M, which was a huge get for them. And obviously bringing in a top three to top five running back in the nation, depending on what recruiting services you're looking at, is going to be massive for any team. This guy has that day one or potential day two 
at the NFL level. We'll obviously see where that goes, but he's just a tough running back. He's a guy that definitely can handle that load. He's big. He's strong. He's running a 4-4-2-40, 34-inch uh, vertical, as well as a 4-2 shuttle. So he's a guy that has all the athletic tools just to be a monster. And when you watch him, he's just got great foot quickness. He, he's special going through the hole, and his vision is strong. Um, so that, you know, anytime you got a guy like that that can find the hole early and, and is as tough of a runner as LG Johnson is, it's going to be a, a program changer potentially. There was a lot of schools after him, Alabama's, Arkansas's, Texas, but he's staying in state and going with the Aggies. So that's a huge get for them. LJ Johnson is absolutely somebody we will continue to monitor and talk about. He could be a big time, big time stud down the road. Moving over to the New Orleans area of Louisiana, I want to talk about a couple prospects that just signed this week. One is wide receiver Destin Hill out of Florida State. He is an interesting one. You're seeing his name pop up a lot around Debbie Circles on Debbie Twitter. Uh, six foot, 200 pound wide receiver. He is extremely productive. He had a really good year over 1,000 yards. Uh, I believe he had 14 touchdowns. He's a guy that helped lead his team to a state championship there in in Louisiana. But I'm not hugely sold on him because for this show, we are looking at elite prospects. And I'm not sure he has that ceiling. I think he has a chance to be a real productive receiver. And hopefully he proves me wrong. He's a solid route runner. I think he needs some uh, work on his hands. Good size. You know, not overly athletic, not overly explosive, but he just has a good understanding of the game and seems to be able to find the open spots. So somebody that I'm not crazy excited about is Destin Hill, but there is people out there that are loving him already early on in this recruiting process and this Debbie process as we figure out who's the next guy who is going to come in and help our teams. But yes, Destin Hill is out of that New Orleans area. So pay attention to him at Florida State. Let's see if you can prove me wrong. But I just think, you know, I'm looking at more of a productive receiver that that has the NFL potential rather than an elite guy that we are seeking consistently with this show. But sticking with that New Orleans area, you know, they got some great prospects there. Logan Diggs is another guy outside of that top 100 who is kind of an interesting situation. Six foot, 195 pound running back. I really like his style. He's strong. He's athletic. You'll see him, you know, hurdling some guys. You see him use the head and just have some crazy wiggle for, for a six foot, 195 pound back. Uh, he originally was uh, verbally committed to Notre Dame. Then he decommitted right before the early signing process back in December as LSU uh, put an offer out there in December. Then he ends up signing with uh, Notre Dame. So they are doing pretty well in the running back department as of late, especially with Kyron Williams. Love to see that. So I think it's a really good fit for him. LSU's kind of been a little murky, you know, this year. And I think, you know, losing a guy like Eric Gilbert, it's going to cause some guys to, you know, raise an eyebrow and, and just seeing how that offense looked compared to the year before with Burrow and, and Joe Brady there. So we'll see how that how that continues to look as far as recruiting goes. But Logan Diggs is a sleeper that you probably won't hear too much about. But a guy, a running back that I really like going to Notre Dame and developing, at least for his freshman year. I don't think he's going to earn a ton of playing time early on, but he's got some potential. He's got some strength, some wiggle. You know, he's a guy that makes people miss in the open field and he's got good speed. So we'll see. Pay attention to Logan Diggs. Notre Dame just signed this Wednesday. 
And then lastly, a pretty easy one, one that we had an idea was coming. Kamar Wheaton, we pretty much knew he was going to go to Alabama. So no surprises there. He ends up signing and just completes that class. Alabama finishing as the top rated recruiting class of all time, just passing the 2010 Florida team led by Urban Meyer. Man, Alabama is crazy. Just continues to reload. But I'm so excited on the offensive side of the ball. Defense looks great for them as well. Just so many stars, man. But enough about Alabama. Let's get into these, these traits and my process and why I'm, I'm doing things the way I'm doing. So you guys just have a little bit of understanding as you continue to rock with me, as you continue to listen to the Elite Seekers show to hopefully find those the next elite guys to, to put on your rosters. So I'm a coach and everything I'm going to do, whether it's in the workplace, um, you know, on the hardwood, the track, field, whatever it is, I'm looking at it a little differently. I did play college sports. I was a college basketball player at a small school. That definitely helped. But from a football standpoint, I didn't play college football. I didn't even finish high school football. I stopped my sophomore year as I kept getting hurt. I was a skinny little dude. I didn't fill out till later. So that kind of stuff, you know, I, I don't come at you from a football player's mind because it's definitely more of that coach's side of things. So that's why I think the mental piece is so important for me. And when I'm looking at film or when I hear about a prospect, and I'm checking them out. Yes, I'm going to go look at the film. I need to know, is this guy a baller? I don't care about size. I don't care about, you know, what level of competition as much as I do about what they're doing on the field. Like, are they balling or are they not balling? Period. Is that happening? Is it not happening? Yes, there's traits, there's physical traits, there's skill traits that I look at. But I just want to know, is this guy able to produce on the football field? Can he make plays or not? That's what we start with. If the answer is yes, let's move on. Let's dig in a little deeper so we can understand what makes an elite player. When you think about your favorite elite players, no matter what the sport, we really want to look at the mental side of things. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. To keep up with that elite body, you got to have an elite mind. And when you put all those things together, with some of these other traits we'll talk about for whatever sport it is, that's where you find that elite talent. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a guy that was undrafted and worked their way up that way and grinded. doesn't matter if it's a top athlete, you know, from day one, from, you know, elementary school on as they continue to grow. At the end of the day, the mental side of things is so, so important. So when I'm looking at that, when I'm checking out film, I want to know how are teammates responding to this guy? Are we you know, are we getting a ton of celebrations together? If, if the player is yelling at somebody, are they paying attention? Are they, you know, giving attitude back? Um, is this person just quiet and nobody really pays attention? Are they lean by example just because they're working their butt off and, you know, guys are looking over to them. You can tell when a leader is a leader, just like say you walk in your favorite store, you look around the store, you can kind of figure out who uh, the leader of the store is, a manager or whatnot. You understand who that leader is by how they carry themselves. It's no different from watching these sports, watching film, checking out if these guys have the potential to be elite. I promise you, if you're not elite mentally, you cannot be an elite player at the end of the day. So that's huge. Look at their body language. How does the body language look while they're playing? When a play goes good, when a play goes bad, 
What about, you know, if they're an offensive player, we're talking football, what happens? Are, what are they doing when, when they're on the sideline, you know, and, and the defense is on the field, they paying attention they're with the coach, they talking up, you know, to another player trying to pump somebody else up. Those are the leaders that you want and need. And those are the guys that, you know, are going to be the elite ones down the road. Another thing to watch with them is how do they interact with coaches? Now, don't get it twisted. Not every coach is a good coach. But when you're watching some of these great players, typically you're going to put themselves in a situation where they're playing for a good coach. And regardless if your coach is good or great or bad, still got to be on the same page. So how do they interact with that coach? How does the coach you know, interact with that player? Are they listen to the player as well? Do you see them you know, having feedback back and forth? Those kind of things are important. Again, it shows leadership. It can show you, you know, does this guy have a good grasp of the system? Is there a good understanding to the game? Those kind of things. And that is big. A high IQ in these in these uh, sports, no matter which sport we're talking about, is going to go so far and really help you, you know, continue to develop and develop the players around you, which is going to be key in certain positions. And what does their offseason look like? How do you find that out? Well, guys are all over social media these days. So once you find that prospect, see if you can take a look. Do they got a Twitter, an IG, whatever it is? Are they posting about workouts? Are they posting motivational stuff? Are they not posting anything? Are they posting stupid stuff? A lot of these same things, you know, put yourself in the shoes of a college recruiter. Is this somebody you're going to want to recruit to your team or not? You get an idea. I'm not saying that social media is the end all be all, but it's absolutely a piece of the pie. And if you have a chance to see that they're working out with a great, you know, trainer, like maybe the footwork king or whoever it might be out there and, and they're cr- working on their craft to be the best that they can be, that's important. If you're seeing them work out with other high level athletes, that's important. All of these things go a long way. You know, for example, when everybody was wondering how I was saying, hey, DK Metcalf last spring, I said, DK Metcalf's going to have 1,200 yards, 10 plus touchdowns. A lot of people are like crazy. But I saw who he was working out with, Richard Sherman's, you know, guys like that, one-on-one trying to get better, working with Russ, hanging out with Russ consistently. Those kind of things make a difference. You start to see the wording and, and how they talk and how they, you know, what messages they're posting. And it kind of gives you an idea. Is this guy elite? Is he someone that wants to be great in his mindset or no? And that is a huge difference. Mindset is everything. Talent, physical abilities can only take you so far. It's a, it's a piece of the pie that's very, very important. And as I mentioned before, I'm a basketball and a track coach, not a football coach. But that doesn't matter, especially when you're looking at the mental side of things. It doesn't matter the sport. You can still look for how they respond with teammates. How is their body language? How do they interact with coaches and and what their training regimen looks like in the offseason? All of these things are going to be massive. And if you're looking at a multi-sport athlete, they're just able to learn different skills from different sports. And again, those mental traits will absolutely translate to whatever it is they're performing in. So this is a big deal. I think for me, mental side is one of the biggest factors and probably one of the biggest things that is left out when people are talking about certain recruits and watching, you know, whether they can ball or not at an early age. When we're talking about guys come out of high school or we're talking about guys finishing up their freshman year in college, they're still developing, but you have a great understanding about habits and those kind of things and, and they can develop and they can get better. But I promise you, if you're trying to pick these guys early, just take the extra time to find out you know, what those what those pieces look like for them because mental toughness goes such a long way when trying to figure out who the next elite prospect is. 
Now I want to dive into a few different traits based on position for these guys. So when I'm looking at quarterbacks, obviously the mental side is there. That is going to translate big time when we're talking about something like decision making. Can they go through their progressions? Can you see them out there making adjustments on the fly? Are they looking like they're able to read what type of defense they're going against? Because it's going to be a lot more simple at the high school level. So if you're seeing issues at high school, well, you better figure out, is that going to be a problem going into college or not? Because regardless of your physical skills, if you don't have decision making down, you're either you know taking off too early or not going through your reads. Those kind of things are going to cost you big time at the college level, whether it be in turnovers or just not being able to move the ball because you don't know where the open guy is going to be because the game speeds up big time. So I also look for arm strength, arm talent. Are they accurate? Can they chuck the ball down the field? How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah, coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. Obviously, the, you know, the stronger arm is going to be massively important, but I don't, it doesn't have to be the strongest arm out there. You know, if they can get the ball deep, and they're super accurate, you know, short, intermediate, all those things. I'm okay with it. You got to have some zip on the ball because again, the game speeds up. These athletes get better on defense as they move up and an elite prospect should be able to get the ball anywhere. And lastly, for my quarterbacks, I'm looking for escapability. I'm not necessarily looking for the next Lamar Jackson. And I don't want a guy that just takes off every single time unless he's transitioning to another position because, you know, you got to go through those reads. But think of a Russell Wilson, just having the ability to escape, to escape outside the pocket, keep your eyes down the field, make bigger plays. That goes a long way. Maybe picking up that extra few yards when everything breaks down on a third down. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I feel is the separator from a top, you know, let's say top seven, top eight quarterback at the NFL level. When we're talking fantasy to, you know, somebody that would be more a quarterback two for your team. Scapability is going to be big. You need someone that can extend plays when needed. When I'm looking at the running back position, vision is by far my number one. You don't have to be the fastest guy, the strongest guy, the most you know agile guy. If you can't see where you're going, it's going to be a problem. Okay. So vision number one, check them out. Are they finding the hole? Do they trust the block? Are they getting through the hole? If they're not, if they're out, if they're back there just stepping around and. and you know, dancing and whatnot in the backfield, you might have a problem. So vision is going to be big time. I don't think it's something that's easily taught. So I'm looking for that early on. Lateral agility is big for me. I think you got to be able to adjust and whether your blocking is great or not great. You know, if you see the hole, cool. But hey, can you make guys miss at the end of the day? You get through that hole, you're meeting a linebacker, you're meeting a safety. Hey, can you make a miss? Can you keep the play going? That's what's going to allow for some of these home run plays. Footwork, when they do make contact, do they keep those feet moving? I love a guy like Marshawn Lynch, man. Just tough. He wasn't the fastest. He definitely, you know, he was strong, but he wasn't the strongest out there. But his drive, his footwork, he just kept moving his feet, constantly moving, constantly moving. If I see a guy that finally, you know, hits somebody, a linebacker's wrapping him up, is he going to keep keep the feet moving and, and allow the power to continue to push forward? That stuff's huge. And I think that really allows for, you know, great touchdown potential at the goal line, things like that. Strength at the point of contact, are they able to get low, show balance? They might not be a 230 pounder, might not be a 220 pounder, but they, can they get low? Do they have that low center of gravity? Can they keep balance at the point of contact? Do they show the strength to get through those weak arm tackles? That's massive. 
receiving ability. Now, your guy has to show you he can make some catches, okay? Doesn't have to be all the time. There is a few exceptions out there. But at the end of the day, if you're looking for elite talent, majority of these guys have receiving ability. So don't put all your stock into it at the high school level. You also have to understand what type of offense is the team running because it might just be something that, you know, they just don't pass the running back. And that's okay. One way that I like to find out if, if a prospect has that receiving ability, you know, whether the high school passes to the running backs or not, is finding out if they play seven on seven. If they're playing seven on seven, look up those highlights. A lot of these guys are going to have to line up as receiver and whatnot. So it just shows the skill diversity that you need to be that elite prospect. It's going to be big. So just a little cheat code for you. Just check out their seven on seven highlights and see what kind of route running, what kind of receiving ability, what their hands look like. Because typically, if they're playing that, that style of football, you know, they're going to be out there catching passes. And that should tell you all you need to know, even if the production is not there for their high school teams. And lastly, for that running back position, when we're talking about elite guys, I do look for the frame that allows them to build muscle and put on muscle. You don't have to be six foot two, six three, five ten, two twenty, whatever it might be. But do they have the shoulders, the, the frame, the thickness to put on some weight? You might see a guy that's like six foot, six one, you know, somewhere around there, maybe 190 pounds. Or maybe it's a guy that's like five, eight, 170 pounds. That's fine. They have that ability to put on some muscle. I think that's really, really important for you to check them out and see if they're able to stay on the field as a running back or to look at the smaller guys and understand, do they have a chance to switch to slot receiver or whatnot? Those things are important. So check out the frame. Ability to put on muscle is big. And for receivers, my favorite, favorite prospect to check out. What does that release look like? Right away, you should have an understanding of how this guy's going to play. Do they explode off the line? Can they handle press coverage? Are they showing strength there? Are they doing it with footwork? There's a lot of different ways to beat that type of coverage. Are they showing separation when they're running these routes? You know, that, that type of thing, regardless of how they do it, they got to show some ability to get open or are they just playing against a bunch of bums that, you know, really don't play defense. When you're looking for these stars at wide receiver, you're typically going to see double or triple teams at some point in coverage. And that's important. You got to see what this wide receiver can do to get open. If it's especially if it's against lesser talent, like that's that's a key, right? How do they look during contested catch and yards after catch situations? That's big. You know, can they can they go up and get it in the red zone? Can they go up and get it for a first down? What do they do when they catch a short pass? Are they making guys miss? Are they using that speed to just burn people? I love to see that. The, the yak guys are, are so fun to watch. And we're really seeing the NFL go to that. We're seeing a ton more short, short passes, short screens, you know, handoffs even to the wide receivers. What are these guys doing with that? Are they you know, making big plays happen consistently? That's key. And at the high school level, if they're not doing that already, it's not going to be an elite prospect. The chances of them developing that later is slim to none. It's possible. Anything's possible, but slim to none. So contested catch and yards after catch are massive for me. And then look at their hands. There's been some great athletes with great speed, strength, everything you like, you know, length, but then they can't catch the ball. They just catch it with their body or they don't catch it at all. You know, are they showing concentration? They watch it into their hands. Those kind of things go a long way. So look for those natural hands catchers at the wide receiver position. It's big. And if you don't got it, good luck with the elite. That's not happening. And for tight ends, I'm not even going to dive too much into this one. Uh, You know, especially looking at high schoolers or guys coming out of their freshman year. 
This is all about athletic ability and hands. That's it. It's, it's simple there. You want the athlete. I don't care about all the other stuff. Sure, that's great. If you can block real well or you have the you know want to block and the desire to block, yeah, you can earn yourself some more snaps. But I want to see the guy that has to line up outside, the guy that's to line up in the slot and go make some plays. It's really a big wide receiver position. You know, and outside of that, when we're talking from a fantasy standpoint, it really doesn't matter. You're not getting points for blocks. So it just allows them to stay on the field probably a little bit more often and in more situations. So that's good in itself. But just just give me that guy who's a big athlete and has those hands. And that's it. Outside of that, pretty simple for tight end. As always, I'm about to finish with a quote of the show for you. And since we've talked about my coaching background, I figured I'd give you a quote from one of the greatest coaches of all time, John Wooden. A good coach can change a game. A great coach can change a life. So whether you're coaching sports, whether you're coaching in the classroom, whether you're coaching at home, at the workplace, whatever it might be, just remember, changing lives is so important. You know, pour into other people and good things will come for you as well. I love it. I appreciate you guys. I'll catch you here next week on Elite Seekers, episode 11. 